Actually, let's go to Deuteronomy first. Deuteronomy, and I, I hope I stay with these guys in the back if they can keep up. Uh, I re rearranged the verses here this morning. But here it is, Deuteronomy 20. Notice we're dispelling fear. And here's the children of Israel back on the way to the land. And notice in Deuteronomy 20, verse 8, it's on the screen if you don't have your Bible. But it says, the officers shall speak further to the people and say... Now, when he says here, man, he's also referring to the women. What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. I'm just telling you something. If you're going into 2020 with fear in your heart, if you're going into 2020 with fear and faint-heartedness, you are going to bring fear on other people. And what, one, one of the things that God said is, do not fear. I don't want any fearful men. I want fearless men. How many of you guys know God is looking for fearless men? You fight fear with fearlessness. We don't fear the enemy. We don't fear sickness. We don't fear disease we don't fear losing something because God says I'm dispelling fear from you and anyone that is fearful return home return home if you're fearful we don't want you around I'm not telling you guys to go home right now I'm just saying in a spiritual sense God is saying if you have fear in your heart that fear is going to rub off how many of you guys know that some of us have an anointing of fear you know what anointing means? For those of you guys that don't know, anointing means to rub off on. Some of you guys have been hanging around fearful people. You got the phone call from the doctor. Oh my God, the doctor just called me and you don't understand the news. You're, just, you, you're fearful and faint-hearted. Now you got everybody in fear. <laughs> Sound like somebody you know? All right, hold on. So anyone, somebody say with me, what man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In other words, sound thinking. What have you been thinking? Because what you think, you'll speak. And some of us talk about a lot of things that only bring fear and doubt and criticism. And God says, I'm looking for men who are not fearful, who are not faint-hearted. If there's anyone among you that is fearful, let him go and return. Return. Now, I know some of you guys weren't crazy and you weren't, you know, you weren't brought up on the streets of California but how many of you guys participated in some things that you should have done when you were younger? All right, let's be honest today. We're in church. And how many of you guys ever had somebody that was a little scared, scared, and said, we're not going? Well, guess what? We don't want you because you're fearful. And some of you guys, well, I'd rather be a fear than do something crazy. Well, now you can be fearful and be in church and bring that attitude into the church. Well, well, what if we do that? Could you imagine if we would have had fear? What if we buy that building and then God don't bring the money? Right? What if I believe God and, you know, and, and nothing happens? And so we fear. One pastor said, uh, I'll just tell you what, Pastor Aiden Rogers. He said, fear is a dark room where negatives are developed. 
Fear is a dark room where negatives are developed. You know, when you're, when you're in that dark room of fear, oh my God, I've got, I've got this, my kids this, my son this, my daughter that, oh my God, this, the church, and you got, you're, you're living in a dark room, turn on the lights, get out of the dark room, because you're only producing and developing fear. Fear. I hope there are no scared people in here this morning. Are there any scared people in here this morning? What do we got next? Genesis 31. Genesis 31. I'm going to talk a little bit about Jacob. Jacob left home. We all know the story. And the Bible says he feared going back home. Because his brother wasn't waiting for him with the belt. His brother wasn't waiting with, for him with um, an extension cord. His brother was waiting for him with a sword. As a matter of fact, if you look at the prophecy that God gave to the mother, he said Esau will be a man of the sword. And so Jacob, when he left, he was no dummy. Then the Lord said to Jacob, verse 3 of Genesis 31, to Jacob, return to the land of the fathers, and I be will, and I will be with you I am the God of Bethel which is health of God Bethel and where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me now arise get out of this land and return to the land of your family in other words what God is saying is I want you to return to inherit what is rightfully yours. I want you to return to what you left behind. How many of you guys have lost something and you always find it where you left it? Uh, Genesis 28. Let's back up. We're going to go reverse here to Genesis 28. It's the next verse on your screen. Genesis 28. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Genesis 28. There you go. Behold, notice this. Now this is God telling him before he leaves. Genesis 28. 15, behold, I am with you and will keep you. Notice, wherever you go, and I will bring you back. Some of you have left. Some of you have gone away. But notice that before you were gone, God was already thinking about bringing you back. And that's exactly what happened to Jacob. You may have left for a while, but I knew you were going to leave because I let you leave. But I will bring you back and I will keep you wherever you go. She says, I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. My God, isn't that a good word? I'm not going to leave you until I fulfill my promises. When I read that verse, I thought about Philippians where Paul said and my God who began a good work in me will not complete it until the day of Jesus Christ how many of you guys have unfinished business how many of you guys would be bold enough this morning to declare God you have unfinished business with me I am your son I made a vow to you I made a covenant with you some of you guys aren't getting it this morning. I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. It don't matter if it takes 50 years or 60 years or 80 years. Some of the patriarchs, they lived a whole long life. And I love those verses where God says, and God brought them to great fulfillment. And then Jacob awoke from his deep sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? There is none other than the house of God. I apologize that you can't read it. 
uh, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I may come back to my father's house. So the verses that we read in Genesis 31, Jacob was already convincing himself, I've got to go back. I got to go back. But in his mind, he's thinking, but what am I going to go back to? When I left, I did wrong. When I, when I left, I deceived my brother. I deceived my father. When I left, I had stole my brother's birthright because that's what we're talking about. He says, I, I left in a wrong way. But God says, don't matter if you left in a wrong way. I'm going to return you to make things right. I'm going to make things right on your behalf, and I'm going to make things right on Esau's behalf. But Esau is angry with me. Esau is upset with me. I stole his birthright, and all of a sudden, God is, is this guy is convincing himself. Three In three places, he talks about this return. And so here he's saying, the Lord God said, I will keep you wherever you go. I will not leave you. Return. Go back to the land of your fathers. But watch what he says in Genesis, in, in, uh, Genesis 32. Then Jacob said, Lord, he's having this conversation. He's talking to his wife. Then he's talking to that angel in Bethel. And all of a sudden, now he's talking to, uh, uh, to Esau's servants. He finally made the trek to return. And the Bible says, then Jacob said, in verse 9, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, Return to your country and to your family. Notice this. And I, notice God is not saying, and I will be well with you, or I will, I will bless you. God is saying, and I will deal well with you. In other words, what God is saying is when you return, I'm going to deal well with you. See, some of us, we have that picture. If I return, man, I'm going to get a beat down. I'm going to get beat up. Nothing's going to go right for me. It's just going to be wrong. Or they're just going to remind me what I did wrong. Hello? See, when we see people returning to God, do we remind them, do you remember when you left and how you left and what you took when you left? Am I speaking to anybody this morning? It's getting pretty quiet in here. I want to go retro. How many of you guys know that we're in the roaring 20s? I'm going to go back to the roaring 20s. I'm going to go retro. My pastor used to say, hello, operator. You remember that one? Huh? Hello, everybody just click. Return to your father's country and to your family, and I will do well with you. Don't worry about Esau. Esau will have to struggle with this just like you've had to struggle with it. Esau will have to wrestle with it, but he's got to break this off. Esau's got to deal with it. He's not the one that's going to inherit the blessing. He didn't inherit the birthright blessing. He, he sold it to you, so it's yours. Now you're in a, in a foreign land, but now I'm bringing you back to inherit the blessings. And it was prophetically spoken when the Bible says that Esau and Jacob were in the womb. The Bible says that you, you got, you got to read this because notice that he says, return to me and I will do well with you. Watch this. When this guy was in the womb, listen to what his mom says. And we don't have this for you on the screen. So you're going to have to jot this down. In Genesis 27, watch what the mother says when she's carrying these two boys. Because there's a struggle. 
There's this struggle in her womb, and they're fighting for position. They're fighting for, for, for honor. They're, start, they're, they're striving for, for things. If you got to strive for it, it ain't yours. So we, here's this striving for, for this position and this power. And God says, Genesis, in Genesis 25, he says, But the children struggled together within her. And she said, this is uh, Rachel, she, and she said, or Rebecca rather, and she said, if all is well, why am I like this? Some of you guys think, well, if, if God is for us and I'm a Christian and I'm a believer, then why are things like this? If God said everything will be well with me, then why are things like this? We're Christians and we've suffered loss and we've been you've gone through pain and we've gone through tragedy. If all is well, then why this struggle? Why this going on inside of me? That's a bonus. Lord God, if you're so good and you're so loving and you're so kind and you're a God that prospers me and healeth thee, then why is it not well? You ever thought like that? Then the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, two people shall be separated, and watch this, and the younger and the older shall serve the younger. And so here is Esau and Jacob in this struggle one has a birthright blessing, he leaves. And God says, you cannot inherit what's not yours until you come back and you return to what you left. In other words, you cannot inherit what I've given you until the, 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 the one that you gave you the inheritance dies. So you got to go back to that land. And the Bible says that as he began to send gifts to his brothers, he began to try to appease his brother. And one of the things that's interesting is that as Jacob's coming back and he's returning, he's returning in humility. Oh my God, my brother, he's the, when I last left, he wanted to kill me. When I left, oh my God, I remember the night he chased me down the road and told me, don't you ever come back here. If you come back, I'm going to kill you. And the Bible says that as he left, and he was coming back, all these thoughts of fear and anxiety and depression and the struggle, he was coming back and he says, should I go back? Should I draw back? Uh, I don't know how things are going to go for me, but I got God's word in my heart that if I return, I will go well with you. And God said he would do well with me. God, you have unfinished business. If I just keep going towards you, are you going to complete the work that you assigned for me? And there's this, there's this fear going on in his heart. And he says, well, well Esau's got to be on his porch waiting for me what do I say and what do I give him and Jacob begins to send text messages to him he begins to update you know it's like have you, have you guys follow someone's Twitter what are they saying well they did you see their status Whew. right they, they must be talking about me Whew. so he's reading he's sending these you know he's sending these tweets you know he got this post going out and then and then when 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 Jacob told his servants, well, who do we say sent this? Tell him, your servant, Jacob, sent you this. He, in other words, he's, he, knows he's the, he knows he's the blessed one. He knows the, he's the one to inherit the blessing. But he says, well, who do we say sent this? He says, tell him, this is a gift for my Lord Esau. And so number one, return to submission. One of them has to eventually bow down. Which is it going to be? The will of God never left me. I left the will of God. The will of God never leaves us. 
blessing. See, the will of God never left me. I left the will of God. How many of you guys know the Bible says that the callings and the gifts of God are irrevocable. If you left it, God says it never left you. If you lost it, it's never lost you. You got a gift. You got a calling on your life. He says, I want you to return to that calling. I want you to return to that place that I anointed you. I want you to return to that place that I broke you, but you need to come in submission to me. You need to come in submission to me. And God cannot anoint you, and God cannot bless you, and God cannot equip you if you do not come under what God wants to put over you. When you get under what God wants to put over you, then you can get over what God puts under you. Figure that one out. In other words, are you submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you made him your Lord and Savior? Well, pastor, is he your Lord? So return in submission. Return in humility. The will of God never left me. I left the will of God. Notice, but there's always that fear. Well, what if God don't use me anymore? What if they don't use me anymore? What if they don't want me anymore? Here's the only point I'm going to give you. I only got a few more minutes. I'm still praying for a miracle. When you had your exit in mind, when you thought, man, I'm leaving the church, I'm leaving my family. What? Where do those thoughts come from? I'm leaving. Where are you going? I don't know. I'm leaving. When you had your exit in mind, God already had your return in mind. God told Jacob, when you leave, it's okay. I'm allowing you to leave. But wherever you go, it doesn't matter how far you go away from me. You're not going to get away from what's inside of you because it's in you. I put it in there. Some of you guys need to get excited about that. It says, I may have left it, but it never left me. I may have left it, but it never left me. I may have left God, but he never left me. Thank God for the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says that he is three in one. And no matter how far you go, David says, oh, where can I go from your presence? The Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. He dwells inside of me. And he's there to comfort you. He's there to guide you. And he's there to anoint you. So anytime you take two steps in that direction, the Holy Spirit says, you ain't getting away from me. I'm going with you. I may not like what you're doing right now, but I'm going with you. And even though you're getting further and further away from the inherited blessing, it's inside of you. But you got to submit yourself and humble yourself and say, Lord, I'm coming back. Master, I'm coming back who's coming back I could imagine he could say well Jacob's coming back don't you know that my father Isaac blessed me I inherited the blessing when I left this place one of the one of the chapters in the Bible you need to read it says oh when I left all I had was this staff came back real humble do you understand what that staff meant it wasn't just a stick it wasn't what you just used to get through your surgery you know no, that staff represented the birthright blessing. It represented the authority. You need to go read the story. The Bible says when he left his brother and his mother and father, he says he crossed the Jordan with that staff. See, we don't see the, the splitting of the Red Sea and we don't see the drying of the Jordan River. He walked alone across the Jordan River. How did he get across? You think he floated with some floaties? 
He had that staff. He had that authority. He had that uh, a calling of God. It was inside of him. Even though he left it, he had it all the time. But God says, now I want to bless you, but you got to return to the land of your fathers because you're not going to inherit that land. You're going to inherit the land which you left. The land that you left. When you had your exit in mind, God had your return already in mind. How many of you guys know that after your greatest test will be your greatest anointing? You know that some things have come to try to destroy your calling, to destroy the place uh, that God has placed you in. God says, I'm removing all that and I'm returning. I'm returning to you what is rightfully yours. You know that Jesus Christ, the Bible says that he had a return real quickly. The Bible says in Luke 4.14, Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Oh, Jesus was tempted and he's not God because God cannot be tempted. The Bible says that he was tempted and always yet without sin. God cannot sin. Neither can God be tempted. And some of us think, well, God is tempting me. God is tempting. No, God tempts no one. If he's sending you through a trial, if he's sending you to a testing, maybe you're in a wilderness. Maybe it's because he wants you to return with power. Return with power. See, some of you guys don't understand the tests that people go through. God's trying to put power on their life. He's trying to put anointing on their life. And there you are judging them. They're in the wilderness. They're away from God. God is dealing with them. Look at how far they've gone. God says, also, right? They may go far, but when they come back, I got a power anointing gift over them. It never left them. It is in them, and you can't get away from it. Holy Ghost, I'm returning with power.